When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's play some football! Run right through the back of him. Run right through the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Hey, welcome in to Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me, as he does every week, Mr. David Brandt of the Associated Press. Buddy, this is the uh, the first episode of the season where we are going to have to talk about a loss. Ole Miss fell 45-20 to to LSU. Um, I had to go do a rewatch yesterday because I was... Uh, Watching the game slash hosting a three-year-old birthday party on Saturday, um, but that's that's just about peak dad life right there. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, but what were your initial takeaways immediately following this one? Well, a couple things. I, I mean, especially that second half, we had we've talked about the last couple weeks where the defense was not trending in the correct direction. Like they were playing okay. And there wasn't really a need to panic. And I'm not sure if panic is still the right word now, but it, it caught up to them. Um, and also the biggest thing, like I've told you a couple times, I I've watched Jaden Daniels when he was at Arizona state and it was a very kind of Jekyll and Hyde type situation. I mean, you know, when he was good, he was really, really good. And I think Ole Miss had the misfortune of, of catching him on a good day and catching a team that was – and that still is kind of on the rise. So, I mean, those, those were my immediate reactions. I thought early on, because in the beginning of the game, Ole Miss was hitting him in the mouth. The uh, the defense was bending but not breaking, and um, yeah, the game was going like I thought it would for quite a while. Yeah, and the so they get a stop on defense, force a field goal. LSU misses it. Almost gets down into the red zone quickly again, and it was right at the end of the first quarter. And they tried to go tempo after a big play, steal some yards, and get stuffed right at the end of the first quarter, and then they have to kick the field goal. I think that was where things shifted because I think if you go up 21-3 to there, I think that drastically changes Brian Kelly's offensive approach. And I think you kind of force their hand to really start throwing the football a lot more, whereas 
they got the field goal, then they could kind of settle in, let Jane Daniels, you know, impact the game with his feet. Whereas I think if you go up 21-3, they're probably going to start throwing it around a little bit more, and then maybe he makes a mistake. Yeah, and then it's so I I that's a good observation. I agree that just because you go from two scores to an obvious three scores, you're you're in a situation where you've got to make up quite a bit of ground. So I, I think that's a good point. Other than that, I mean, I think the the biggest, well, the two biggest gripes outside of the obvious being the defense. I think the the continued struggles in the second half is something that is interesting. Um, I don't know how, I don't know what you attribute it to. Um, it's been kind of a theme here and there for the last two years, even with Matt Corral. I think a lot of it has to do with injuries and just being banged up. Ole Miss's offense was pretty banged up last year towards the end of the year. They had a lot of injuries at receiver. Um, it hasn't been talked a lot, hasn't been talked about a lot, but I do think even though he wasn't, you know, setting the world on fire and, and, you know, having huge games left and right, but I do think no Michael Trigg really limits some of the things they do offensively. Yeah, it just didn't look quite like the same team. You know, obviously the, the rushing game, I think they averaged a little over three yards a carry. And once that wasn't there, and then you start falling behind, it just kind of snowballed on them, I think. Yeah, and I think not having Zach Evans right. to spell Judkins and give him a breather and, you know, you can rotate those. I agree. Right. Because um, Judkins still had a great game, ran for over 100 yards. Yeah, he did um, fine. I mean, that wasn't necessarily the reason. It just, you know, they had been leading so hard on these 300-yard rushing mm-hmm. games, and right. then you didn't have that. And especially when you start falling behind, then all that stuff gets magnified. Yeah, on top of that, the offensive line had their worst game of the year. Uh, Jackson Dart, even though he played well, in my opinion, um, had the one interception, which, I mean, <laughs> he was – he was literally getting hit as he threw it. Um, right. So I think if he's if he's able to stand there and set his feet, he makes a better throw. Um, it, it was – I mean, still, Ole Miss had 404 total yards, still ran for over 100, threw for 287. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it just kind of snowballed once they got behind. And LSU had a great game plan. Um, offensively, they were pushing all the right buttons and then – once, uh, again, they got the lead, I mean, they just kind of pinned their ears back and came after Jackson Dart. Right. And, I mean, I and just LSU, to their credit, they've been sort of building towards that performance. They have been playing better lately. Uh, you know, we had seen LSU a couple times earlier this year, you know, and, and we're commenting about how kind of rough it looked, and it did for a while. And I think, you know, again, when you're talking about transfer quarterbacks and so many moving pieces, a new coach, it just took – LSU a little while to to get it going and Ole Miss had the the unfortunate circumstance of running into a hot team and yeah they they didn't play well they had some things but sometimes you got to give credit to the other guy too right I, I think that that's something where I think uh, I was saying it all week I might have said it on our show um, I thought that if it was LSU's best game and Ole Miss's best game I think Ole Miss wins in a close one. 
And I was saying that, you know, Ole Miss would have to, you know, have a couple missteps, have a couple mistakes, not be as sharp, and LSU could win it. But it was a little bit of both. Ole Miss wasn't as sharp. They made some mistakes, but LSU was, was LSU just on their played well. Yeah. yeah, LSU played really well, and Ole Miss just played okay, especially yeah. after, obviously, the first little bit. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think this is the end of the world. It obviously – it was, you know, for Ole Miss, it was, I'm sure it was nice to look at those standings and, and see yourself in the first place spot. But, you know, I, I still think pretty much everything you want is out there. I don't know if they totally control their own destiny anymore, obviously. But, you know, I, I still think they're in a good spot. They've just got things they got to fix. Right. And I, I mean, I think, you know, you still absolutely have something to play for. Um, Alabama plays at LSU night game the week before Ole Miss gets a shot at them. And so if Alabama were to win that game, then everything's all on the table November 12th. Yeah, and I mean, that's very conceivable. I mean, it's conceivable LSU wins too, but yeah, I mean, it's still Alabama and they, they, they started to look a little better last week. Yeah. And and look, I mean, you can say all you want about how bad the matchup is for Ole Miss and how it's not going to happen. But, I mean, you can't argue that, hey, you get Alabama at home, you get a free shot, all house money for the West, basically. If they get if yeah. they if they take care of business in Death Valley the week before, then it's all bets are off. I mean, it's literally pretty close to the LSU almost game from 03 when it was winner goes to Atlanta. Right. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be able to beat Alabama 10 times out of 10. You just got to beat them that one time. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and I think Ole Miss is certainly – it's within the realm of possibility. Again, they got to play well, and obviously, but but that's – it's not an impossible task this year. Yeah, and they got to get healthy. Um, and now, look, everybody's banged up. It's almost November. Everybody has injuries. Um, we'll get into uh, to AM and and the injury bug that's hit them uh, in the next segment. But um, before we get to the break, which injury we've talked about a couple, and you can obviously still name the ones that we've talked about already. Which injury do you think affects this Ole Miss team overall in general the most? Oh well, you mentioned Michael Trigg. That really. I didn't really think about that too much, but that's a big one. I, I you know, I think the Zach Evans issue, you know, is, is the one that hurts. Cause I, and I really didn't think that much at the time, but it just, that's what made them special. You know what I mean? That's what mm-hmm. made Ole Miss separated them from everybody to have those two amazing running backs. And without them, it was kind of like, you know, Samson cut his hair or something like that. It just, it, it looked, they looked mortal. So maybe that was just a one game thing, but I, I do think that, they had kind of built an identity right there and they just weren't able to, maybe it was just, again, a one game thing, but they just weren't able to stick with it as much. Yeah. I, I feel like I would agree there. Um, I would probably also pose as a close second one of either, um, which I guess Cedric Johnson was back, but he's not hundred percent. I do think Troy Brown is huge. Um, right re-injured the shoulder he's going to play um but he's not 100 percent. those two guys are huge for that defense but yeah i do think the answer is it's in my opinion it's either zach evans or michael trigg i think michael trigg would be 
someone who can open things up offensively. You know, I, I, I mentioned already he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't setting box scores on fire, but that threat was still there and he was someone you had to account for. Um, right. And now will he be back for that Alabama game? He's going to have, you know, close to what, four or five weeks since the injury to get back out there. Um, you know, we don't know the extent. They don't talk about injuries, but they would love to to have him back to be able to attack the middle of the field because Alabama has been susceptible to that so far this year. Right. So, all right, we're going to take our first break. No sense in spending any more time on this. Um, right. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you got whipped, you move on. I, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was a, it, it was a game we talked about this last week. It was the first game in a while that really worried me. I, you know, I just thought, again, they were catching LSU in a rough time. And, you know, I, you know, once I saw mm-hmm. the first quarter, I was like, wow, I was totally wrong. But things changed yeah. quickly. Yeah. All right. Take our break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk Texas A&M, give our thoughts and preview that one. So hang tight. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. Weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com, or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here. Daytime fireworks. Zach Berry, David Brent with you. All right, David, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, Kyle Field in College Station, Ole Miss. Now 7-1, and 3-1 in the SEC. We'll take on the Texas A&M Aggies, who are now 3-4 and four and 1-3 and three after losing 30-24 to 24 to South Carolina last week. Um, man, all right. So let me lay this on you here. 
three offensive linemen are out. I we saw st- that. We still don't know the availability of Haynes King. He had a – I don't know if you – did you watch the game? I didn't know. I was just kind of keeping track with it online. He had a weird injury where he was rolling right and was basically trying to get rid of it and, like, heave it against his – you know, against his body. Sure. And I don't know if it was like uh, he pulled something or a hyperextension or what. Like, he, he didn't even get hit. He didn't go down on it. It's his throwing arm or throwing shoulder. Don't know. I think he'll play. He had his helmet on on the sidelines during this one, which that doesn't mean anything. But he wasn't in the tent. He didn't go back to the locker room. I don't know. Um, so what are they going to do at quarterback? And then um, last night it was reported that three players – Suspended indefinitely by Jimbo Fisher. Um, those three players are efforting here. All right, Chris Marshall, Denver Harris, PJ Williams, and then a fourth um, could also potentially be suspended indefinitely, which is Anthony Lucas. Um, so, couple offense, couple defense. Um, I, I just. On the surface, I feel like this game is Ole Miss's to win running away. I feel like this AM team is just begging for someone to beat them so they can quit. Um, yeah, I feel, yeah, it's the, the wheels feel like they're going to come off. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. there's really only two ways this goes. I mean, you know, either they galvanize and, and there's just, there's nothing to show that so far. I mean, and they've right. lost three in a row. I, you know, they have had three road games in a row. It's been a tough stretch. Now they're back at home. I think that helps a little bit. But you talk about, you know, there's been injuries. When you're suspending a bunch of people, that doesn't bode well, generally, for just how your team is responding to this. I, I'm i the same way as you. I feel good about Ole Miss here. But, you know, they may not have as many problems as Texas A&M, but they have their own problems. You look at their schedule – is their only good game Sam Houston to open the season? I mean, I guess you could say Arkansas, but Arkansas should have won that game. Right, exactly. And I mean, like in no game have they ever looked. I mean, the my issue with Texas A&M all the time is like, even when they win, it's always so hard. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's very rarely, you know, just – you know, kind of an effortless blow a team away, at least not lately. And they, they haven't had a game like that this year. You know, they, they beat Miami, they beat Arkansas, kind of winning ugly and then everything. And it's just a team that doesn't seem like it's built to make things easy at all. And I can't really figure out why. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Um, the, the Jimbo Fisher thing is just so bizarre. It's so, it's honestly captivating to see it. I mean, it's, you know, the, the old, you know, adage of it's a train wreck. You can't look away from it's, it's really bizarre how talented that roster is on paper and how they just can't get anything out right. of it. Um, and, and just the, like you said, the Jimbo Fisher, like that was seen as pretty much a can't miss hire and it's kind of missing at this point. And, you know, it's hard to, you know, I, I don't think, I mean, Jimbo's not a perfect coach, but, I also don't think he totally forgot how to coach over the years, especially with such a talented roster. It's just, it, it's just confounding, like you said. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird. Um, with all the news and the rumors circulating, um, you know, I heard some things coming out of Texas um, around College Station that you know players were you know threatening to quit. They were having to have meetings with players to keep them there. Stay, you know, don't go in the portal. Stay here. Just a lot going on. Um, the line is still only at two and a half. I do wonder if it'll move at all. Um, but maybe Vegas doesn't move it at all because Ole Miss just laid an egg down in Baton Rouge and the defense is banged up and has been playing bad the last couple of weeks. So maybe it doesn't. So it might just be free money for people. Um, yeah, I, I think Ole Miss, I want to say they comfortably win this game. And I think I mean, it's it feels be- like a two touchdown win, you know, or at yeah. least a 10, four, 10 point win. They should at least the way right. things are going, but I, I don't, you know, now, I mean, we, we haven't had much reason to doubt Ole Miss until this week, you know, cause we've seen them play really poorly now, at least for a stretch of the game. And so, uh-huh. you know, I, I think, but, but I, I do think, you know, Ole Miss was a pretty darn good team for the seven weeks before that, at least most of the time, I think, I, you know, at this point, it's probably the defense that, you know, having Zach Evans back, we talked about all that stuff. That stuff would help. But mm-hmm. you just can't give up 45 points a game. I mean, that's. Yeah. Well, I do think, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, you know, Ole Miss, who's, you know, they are who we thought they were because they didn't play a tough schedule and all that. And, you know, yeah, like they had they had some weird ones. You know, they had the close win against Kentucky at home. You know, the Tulsa game was a little tight. Troy, which, I mean, honestly, is looking like a, a good win. That's a better win on. every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you had the weird one against Auburn. I don't know. I mean, statistically and, like, analytically, the numbers showed that Ole Miss was a good team. Yeah, and, and were... I think that's true. I don't buy that that Ole Miss was a, a paper tiger or a pretender. I think they're pretty good. I think they had a bad week. I mean, that win against Kentucky was a really nice win. I think Kentucky, especially with Levis is healthy, is pretty good. They beat Auburn by two touchdowns. They beat Vanderbilt by, what, three touchdowns? You know, they skunked Georgia Tech. You know, they beat a decent Troy team. They played with their food with Tulsa. I mean, they did what they were. We talked about that. They did what they were supposed to do. And I think they look like a good team. I think they just ran into a team that was playing really well, and they didn't play particularly well, and – that's what you get, especially in Death Valley. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, without going into it too much, I think it's just simply Ole Miss was a team that was really banged up, and they played a team that was just on their A game. I mean, I right. I don't see anything wrong with that statement. And And could this snowball into something else? Sure, it could, but it hasn't yet. And there's, you know, just judging from this season, unless this team is incredibly emotionally fragile, um, you know, I don't, I don't think one loss should derail everything. I mean, I do, I do find it fascinating. You were talking about at Texas A&M having to have, you know, possibly meetings with players, keeping them around. Now, now with the portal and the way everybody's basically a free agent every year, I mean, oh, yeah. that's, uh, it's going to be a, a, a bear for a lot of these teams to keep players from just mass mutiny and stuff like that. And so, yeah. you know, I have the, I don't know what's going on in College Station, but I can see how, you know, for teams, especially that had high expectations and that, you know, it's kind of falling apart down the stretch. I mean, you know, guys don't necessarily want to risk injury. 
especially if they're thinking about transferring or the NFL or anything like that. Of course, the NFL issue has been around a long time, but um, I, I just think it just makes it easier to say, well, this situation isn't really working out. I'm just going to, you know, mm-hmm. say peace for these last three or four games and, you know, move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about how it could potentially snowball. Um, you know, I look at last year. Ole Miss had a lot of hype, a lot of momentum heading into that Alabama game. You had Matt Corral playing at a high level, you know, getting into the conversation as one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the program. And you run into a buzzsaw and you get popped. Now, what are they going to do after that? How are you going to respond? You got to play Arkansas. They come back, they win a thriller. Um, yeah, that now, was an awesome game. You probably hope the defense plays a little better. <laughs> right. Giving up, giving up fifty one. They may have but, to win fifty two to fifty one the way things are going. But if, uh, if Texas A and M's offense scores fifty one points, oh, I mean, my, oh gosh. my gosh, yeah, that's an issue. Um, right. But I mean, yeah, like the team came back, they responded, they played well, they went on a run. Um, so I think that's this is like the ultimate get right game for Ole Miss, not only because you're coming off of that loss and you got to get that taste out of your mouth and play better. And it's against a very susceptible A&M team that is not very good on top of all the other stuff going on, but you get this one under your belt, you get to eight and one, and then you get to the bye week. Right. And you rest up, you I get think healthy. That is a and carrot. Ready. It's a carrot you can throw out there say, come on, give me, give me what you got right now. And then we get some rest and then we prepare for the big one. And I, yeah. I think there's and there's nothing. And when I say that it could snowball on all this, it's just because it probably could. There's nothing in I, I don't think Wayne Kiffin's history or resume to suggest that that's going to happen. So I so again, I'm still I'm still pretty bullish on Ole Miss. Maybe not quite as much as I was. I, I'm I'm a little worried about the defense, but they're it's still a good football team. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I do think that as of now, I, I expect them to win. Um, I do think that they're going to respond and play at a high level. Um, just because they've shown like the character of these these teams under Kiffin, the locker room, it's, you know, even with the portal being such a big thing. And um, I do think there's a, there's a, there's a culture in there of, uh, there, there, there's a good mix of of guys that have been in the program for a while and are leaders. And then also you throw in a mix of some transfer guys that have taken on leadership roles and have played a, a big role thus far. Um, I think they're going to rally and I expect them to, uh, to go into Kyle field and man, uh, I don't know. Yeah, if that line's say. only two and a half, but that, that does feel like some, I don't know if easy money is the right word, but I, yeah, Chuck I, Brownsville would always call me that. He'd see me. He'd go, easy money. I don't remember. I, Sorry. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be putting it to bed, literally, because I do think Jimbo survives this year just because the buyout is so astronomical. But, right. I, mean, I mean, real quick, before we head to the final segment, I mean, if they were to move on from Jimbo, I mean, wh- who do you turn to? Like, what what do they do? Wow. Gosh, I haven't – I mean, because I'm kind of like you. Like, I know in college football, like, you know, people switch coaches all the time. But it, it just seems like they're so committed to Jimbo at this point. Like, 
you know what I mean? It would just, oh man, I don't envy Ross Bjork right now. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I'm sure he's getting a lot of pressure from a lot of different sides. Yeah. I, look, if, if anybody can, can scoff at a buyout, it's A&M. Um, well, sure. And, and I agree. I mean, if they want to make the change, if they really want to do it, they will. I think it's, it's almost more of a pride thing at this point. I mean, they've sunk their chips. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they've, they've never wavered from Jimbo that it was just a matter of time until he figures things out and, you know, Texas A&M gets rolling again. And at this point, I, that feels harder and harder to believe. So, yeah. Uh, I, don't, last... I don't. Oh, I'm trying to think of who they would turn to. Who do you oh. think? I, I nothing. Nobody's coming to mind right now. Uh man. See, I I know that a name that people will throw out there is Matt Rule, but I think his contract is essentially paying him money to not coach in college. So I don't think he's on the hot board. Um, I mean, do they go? Sitting head coach? Do they go young up and coming coordinator? I mean, could you know maybe a a Kendall Bryles or you know you go after um, you know Lincoln Riley's brother at TCU whose name is escaping me, but he's done a really nice job with Max Duggan and TCU. They're yeah. undefeated. Um, or do they try to go with somebody like PJ Fleck who? You know, was a hot name a couple of years ago, and then he kind of sunk Cooled back into the shadows. But he just, you know, continues to win. You know, do they try to go get somebody like him and you know a completely different culture fit and change and a different mindset than a Jimbo Fisher, who's just kind of your good old boy, you know, country guy, and you go get a very regimented PJ Fleck who brings a lot of energy and is very different. I don't know what they do. Um, I have no clue. I don't think we'll have to have this conversation in a serious matter at all for at least a couple of years. But, man, right. you talk about snowballing if this A&M thing snowballs. Yeah, and just the fact that we're even entertaining the idea. I also heard that, you know, Houston Nuts out there. <laughs> Dan Mullen is, too. Um, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, I, I am interested in what his next step is. Texas A&M doesn't feel right, but. Uh, yeah. Um, what does he do? That's that's an interesting. I don't know. You know, because um, I I because I, I don't know. I don't see him wanting to be an offensive coordinator after he's been a head coach for so long. That just doesn't feel like his personality. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say some guys are fine with it to get back into right that role, but Mullen doesn't strike me as someone who would be willing to do that. Um, Unless it were some kind of situation where Urban Meyer got a job again. And you well, bring the band back together. That's what I was going to say was, you know, everybody, for the most part, everybody already like doesn't like A&M for just all the weird stuff that they do. Maybe this, <laughs> maybe they just go full scorched earth and try to get urban. Right. And then hire, and then a uh, contract out for the Vandy Whistler to become a fan. Oh. And they, they cement their. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. I Look. Again, you mentioned the chance of a snowball. If you look at AM's schedule, it could oh, absolutely. It's there. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, too. It, it could happen because Florida's hungry and pretty good. You got to go at Auburn, another team that mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about the, the all snowball bowl right there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
Then you get UMass, but I mean, LSU at this point looks like they're just getting better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know what the if line would... doesn't even go to a bowl game. I mean, I don't know. Oh, maybe, I mean, going, maybe, maybe not going to a bowl is better than going to like Treeport or something like that. But I, I mean, know. I think, I think they're staring five and seven in the face right now. I could be four and eight. Especially if they lose to Ole Miss, the three and five, and then, you know, yeah, they're going to beat UMass, so they're going to win four games. But, you know, they probably split Auburn, Florida, and then lose to LSU. Yeah, I mean, that looks like five and seven if Ole Miss can yeah. pull it off. And, I mean, at that point, I mean, let's say LSU loses a close one to Bama. I mean, that's probably a, a nine and two LSU team that you're going to have to try to beat. I mean, right. That's that, and that is, you know, and nine and two is not equal for a lot of teams. I mean, that LSU team with a new coach with a lot of, you know, P, you know, that's, that's a team that won't be too upset to be nine and two if they, if that's what they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say year one of Brian Kelly, this is probably going to be his worst team. It's, Right, and it's going pretty well, all things considered. I mean, for all the, yeah. the fake Southern accents and all that stuff, I mean, you could be doing a lot worse right now. Yeah. Lots of teams are doing a lot worse. So, I mean, <laughs> right. right now, the right now the Brian Kelly uh, experiment is coming up roses. Yeah. Um, last thing before we head uh, to the final segment, uh, Bill Connolly's SP Plus numbers came out. Ole Miss still in the top ten despite the loss. They're seventh right now. Uh, they have the 15th ranked offense in the country, still the 24th ranked defense in the country. Um, now, obviously, all of Bill C's numbers are opponent adjusted, and he's got all kinds of algorithms and equations and analytics that go into it. So, take that what you will, but I think right. that, I mean, that speaks to our our what we were saying earlier about almost still being a good team. They just got beat. Right, there's still some general reasons for optimism. I mean, you know, again, I don't think this is going to totally fall apart. They ran into a good team, didn't play very well. So we'll see, you know, one time, shame on you, two times, shame on me. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right, last break, hit the final segment. We'll do a whip around the SEC for week nine. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Berry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. 
call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around, give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers, it's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufe Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufe Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufe Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufe Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufe Video Lock. Ufe Video Lock's built in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufe Video Lock today. That's EUFY Video Lock. Or visit ufeofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufe Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan, and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are back here at Daytime Fireworks. Last segment here. We get things kicked off Saturday with a doozy, probably one of the more intriguing games in the SEC on Saturday. Arkansas at Auburn, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Um, man, I it's Arkansas minus three and a half right now. I don't really know if being on the planes really means that much. I, I think the Auburn folks, is coming off a bye week, aren't they? They, they might be up for that. Are off a bye. Um, and look, the folks will show up at Jordan Hare. It'll be oh yeah. It'll be a good crowd, or I, I, I say it will be. I, I think they they typically show out. Um, 
Arkansas, Arkansas hasn't exactly been going gangbusters lately uh, either. I mean, <laughs> you know, they they beat BYU, but you saw Liberty smoked BYU pretty hard the other day. The yeah. fight and Hugh freezes. So, you know, if Arkansas uh, I, is having – I mean, Liberty had an easier time with BYU. So, I don't I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Auburn in this. I think that BYU has – uh, they they had some you know they beat Wyoming they beat Utah State but I feel like Oregon might have beaten them three or four times after the fact right um, I mean they whipped them and then I've they just seen Oregon in person that's a team that I think like you know it's it's hard to take them too seriously when they got smoked by Georgia so hard and just but I, I mean that that was a program you know Bo Nix needed some time that was a really tough first game for a new coach and a new quarterback yeah. and all that different stuff like I've watched them on offense now like Bo Nix is still who he is I mean he's a little frustrating sometimes but that offense dude they're good I've watched them against Arizona that's a pretty good team I think if we're talking about teams from the west coast that's the one that I've got my eye on that, that yeah could be dangerous I mean that's that's a pretty good team right now I mean look make all the jokes you want and you know Bo Nix doesn't have a Chick-fil-A out there in Eugene, but I mean he was in the kitchen cooking against UCLA. 22 right. for 28 for 283 and five touchdowns. And you just why I mean, like when I watched him, you know, they beat Arizona and man, he makes some throws. It reminds me now, this may not be a super flattering comparison for some reasons, but you know, it reminds me a little bit of Jevin Sneed. Like when he, when he throws the ball, you know what I mean? He makes those mm -hmm. pro style, really good throws. Sometimes you're like, wow. And yeah. so, no, he, know, I, he catches a lot of flack for that, but he can spin it. Right. I mean, he was a, he was a bona fide five-star prospect for a reason. And um, there's a reason that Oregon was happy to take him. Yeah. I, I mean, Ole Miss was trying a, to get him too. Right. Right. There's, you can do a lot worse than Bo Nix, a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, look, they got a, they got a date looming with Utah in a couple weeks, but. And that's going to be a good game because Utah is yes. good. And they're, and for a team, you know, we've gone back and forth. Like I said, I didn't trust them against Florida, but I mean, it's a veteran team. They know who they are. That's going to be a absolute, especially the contrast and styles. That'll be a really fun game. Yeah. Um, and now I do think Oregon State is good. I, I do. Um, all due respect to the Beavers. And, and I do think that um, what Jonathan Smith has done there in short time is, is pretty remarkable. But yeah. They get their two toughest games at home, and it is hard to win in Austin Stadium. You can ask UCLA. They get Washington and Utah back-to-back -back weeks at home. Now, that'll be a tough grind, but they've got a real shot to kind of sneak in the back door at the playoff. Um, but getting back to Arkansas-Auburn, I like Arkansas in this spot just because I still feel like Auburn is just, you know, one or two haymakers away from hanging it up. Right. Um they're in the they're in the Texas AM struggle bus right now. <laughs> yeah. Um now I think AM is is definitely, you know, if we're talking like a mega bus or like a double decker, like AM's up top <laughs> right. in the VIP the, section. Right. They're what what are those buses called that you could go for like a the value, you know, those huge double decker buses. It's oh, like anyway, the, the mega bus. Yes, the mega bus. That's what I'm yeah. thinking of. You know, so yeah, Auburn. Auburn's at the bus stop. They're waiting. They're not on it yet. But that struggle bus is is coming down the road, and and they're they're thinking about it. They're, 
they're checking ticket prices right now. They're like, yes, ah, yes. What do, I, what do I want to do here? Um, but, but yeah, I like Arkansas in this spot. KG Jefferson, I think it's just going to be a lot to handle. And then, I mean, what's Auburn? I mean, is is Robbie Ashford the guy? Are they going to continue to give TJ Finley chances? I mean, I don't know. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it just. There's not really a clear cut just because Arkansas hasn't played. But I do – like, I'm looking at their schedule now. If Arkansas could get right against Auburn, they get home games against Liberty and LSU, and then Ole Miss, they get three home games in a row. I mean, you get your shots. Like, if they're going to make anything of their season, they got to start now. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Arkansas off the snide beat BYU on the road, which was a, – that's a tough place to play. That's a elevation right. – time zones, all that. But Auburn lost three in a row. I mean, you lose a heartbreaker to LSU. You get whipped by Georgia. I, look, the score was close, but they got whipped by Ole Miss. Um, so now it's, you know, basically they're in the same – they're basically the same position as, as A&M. You're three and four. You know, are you going to be three and five, or are you going to fight and go four and four and try to make a bowl? That's pretty much where we're at. Right. So I like Arkansas there. I'm assuming you do as well. I mean, for some reason, I'm feeling Auburn on that one, but I don't. Oh, have, okay. I mean, like we talked about, I don't have a great reason for that. I, I just one of these teams, just because we've talked about you know momentum and different things like that. I I really don't because Auburn, like you talked with Robbie Ashford, I don't have a lot of confidence they score a lot. But all right, you talked me into it, Arkansas. Okay. Right. You you saw my entire like my my stream of consciousness thought right there, <laughs> but now that I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like I don't really have a good reason for that. I guess I'm going Arkansas. Yeah, I, I I like Sam Pittman to get them motivated, and like you said, they have this stretch of opportunity. I feel like he's going to get them going, and like all right, hey, right, either you you know saddle up or or you know hit the bricks. Like we got to ride. Um, all right, two thirty. <laughs> I, I guess you make this a 230 game just because it always is. Uh Florida, Georgia, <laughs> in Duval County. Um the line is 22 and a half. I, I mean, I feel like the play is Georgia because I just don't know if Anthony Richardson could be dynamic enough to get them right to 20 score points. points. Yeah. I like, mean, Georgia's made other teams look bad you know like we just talked about Oregon that's a pretty functional offense and I know that was their first game but they made mm -hmm. them look silly yeah same both, thing like with with Richardson <clears throat> both, both teams coming off a bye um yeah I feel like this is Georgia I, I think that Georgia's kind of figuring themselves out after they had a couple weeks of you know the Kent State game was weird then Missouri was even weirder and then they whip Auburn 42 to 10. And then you blank Vandy. I know that Florida had, you know, showed some life against LSU. Um, but yeah, I I gotta I, I'm going Georgia. I, I don't know if I'll lay the points just yet. I still got a day or two to figure that out, but yeah, I like Georgia. 22 is a lot. I mean, I, I obviously I think Georgia's gonna win the game. And I, mm. I was just thinking from a line standpoint what I was thinking and there's really no reason for me to go against Georgia, you know, especially the way they turned around against Auburn and Vanderbilt. I know those teams aren't very good, but, you know, yeah. they, they beat them badly and seem to kind of get over their funk 
where right. the Kent State, Missouri, the kind of weird games right there. I mean, every other game has been an absolute blowout. <laughs> Look at this win by 46, win by 33, win by 41, win by 32 against Auburn, win by 55. Like even Kent State, they beat by 17. The only yeah. court, the only tough game they've had is Missouri. Yeah, just I think Georgia's good. I think they're real good. Yeah. All right. We now go to three o'clock central time. The ranked South Carolina Gamecocks taking on Missouri, the battle for Columbia. I uh before the season started, I took uh we took we did some season total picks. I took South Carolina over six wins, looking better and better by the week. I was about to say um, you're feeling good about that. Yeah. Um Huge win last week, beat A&M at home. They are back in Williams-Brice to take on Missouri, um, a Missouri team that, oh, my Lord, they almost lost to Vanderbilt last week. <laughs> no, they, they tried uh, to. They, they, they tried to. Absolutely tried to. Um, that stopped a three-game skid. They lost the weird one in overtime to Auburn, close one to Georgia, and then lost by seven in what was a really good game against Florida. Um, yeah, I I feel like the Gamecocks might have turned a corner here. Um, yeah, I think I think being nationally ranked is maybe a little aggressive at this point. Although I don't know who else you put there, they're just as good as anybody. But um, yeah, I I I agree with you. I, I think South Carolina is figuring some things out. I think Missouri. The one thing about them, they usually play close games, no matter who they're up against. Yeah. In fact, I'm looking at each of their yeah. last four games has been within a touchdown. So they One typically win, cover losses. Right. So that's I feel like South Carolina pulls this. I mean, everything points to this being a 21-17 game that like is decided by a few turnovers late. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um I think that Beamer's done a fantastic job with this team. Um I mean, even when they were losing and then last year. Um, you could see the effort. You could see that this team. I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're playing hard. The one thing my criticism—I don't know, criticism is the right word—but you know, I, we've talked about this once or twice. Like, why can't Spencer Rattler kind of get going a little better? You know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. opening up the offense. Like you know, they beat Texas A and M, and that's great. I mean, you know, those, but you know, they only had I'm looking 280 something total yards. Spencer Rattler throws for 168 yards. I mean, all credit, you get the win, you know, scoreboard, you get the win. But I just, you know, it just at times he's he looks so good. Yeah, I it's weird. I think it it's kind of similar. They don't really have a go-to guy. Um, I mean, I think people thought in the preseason it was going to be Austin Stogner, the tight end from Oklahoma that he was familiar with. But, I mean, it's hard right. to really have a your go-to guy be a tight end. Like, you need a guy on the outside to make plays. Yeah. And... I mean, right. Cause I mean, even like a Brock Bowers at Georgia, I mean, yeah, he's really, really important, but he'll have games where he doesn't, you know, it's just kind of the nature of being a tight end. Yeah. And I mean, I like South Carolina here. I think it's I, Marshawn Lloyd is outside of Quinshawn Judkins having one of the better seasons as a running back in the SEC. Um, right. His nine rushing touchdowns. I mean, he was a guy that had two ACL injuries. He was a blue chip guy coming out of high school, a big get for South Carolina. They got him out of DeMatha and, and DC and 
he's starting to play like they expected him to play when they signed him. And I think you're starting to see the blue chip guys that they've signed up front defensively. Um, you know, a five-star like Jordan Birch, a five-star in Zach Pickens. Um, they're getting more production. They're getting more pressure up front. And I think that that's going to be the difference here. I think they're just going to be too physical for Missouri. And right. um, I like the Gamecocks here. And I think that they move to to six and two. And I mean, it's a theme on this show, this this episode this week. Missouri, another team, three and four, one and three in the conference. It's, you know, it's kind of the crossroads game for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and with South Carolina, like you talked about, you know, they've got Missouri. If they can win that game, they've got Vanderbilt. They can win that game. I mean, at that point, you're seven and two. You get a shot at Florida. That's not an impossible game. You know, you, you yeah. see where you're at. And then then you've got Tennessee and Clemson your last two games, which that's quite a quite an ending to the schedule. But if you're really eight and two at that point, you talk about house money. I mean, your your season's already a wild success, you know, all things considered of, of what the expectations were. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, I think South Carolina is definitely trending the correct direction. Yeah. All right. Um, last one to talk about here. You might need to talk me out of this. I'm not calling for an outright win. I feel like this Kentucky-Tennessee game has a chance to get weird. Am I crazy? I mean, I – I, no, I don't think you're crazy. I I have I do think Tennessee is pretty good, and I think that I game at Tennessee. What's the line right now? It is uh, Kentucky is getting twelve and a half. That's a good line because that's I don't know what to do with that. And you have to factor in potential look ahead spot. They've got Georgia looming next weekend which will probably be the game yeah. of the year. And that's their second game of the year. You know, they played Alabama and had that huge emotional win. You're going to have to go on the road to number one, Georgia. I, again, I'm not saying Kentucky wins it, but I do think this one's going to be one of those clunkers. I can see it that, being like a, a 10 point game in Kentucky, you know, like 34, 24 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, my hangout with Tennessee, and I and look, I do think that they're legit. Hendon Hooker is the favorite for the Heisman right now. I, I actually don't know the odds. I, I don't care what the odds are. I think he's the leader right now. Um, I'd give him the trophy over CJ Stroud right now. Um, but the defense just hasn't really done enough for me to think, yeah, they could win a close game like this. Um, you know, how healthy will Will Levis be? Is he good to go? Is he a hundred percent? How's the? He's a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, or close to a hundred percent. He's a game changer. I like him. Yeah, I mean, I think he completely, you know, water is wet, but he completely changes their offense. And I mean, he's what makes them go. Um, but I mean, if 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 he's if he's close to a hundred percent, I mean, him with Chris Rodriguez, and then. You know, you've also got um, Tavian Robinson, Barry and Brown. You know, how do they attack this Tennessee defense? And I, I do think the look-ahead spot here is what is the main thing I'm staring at when looking at this game and, and picking whether or not Kentucky covers. Um, because, I mean, look, they're 18, 19, 20, and, H and Hendon Hooker's 
situation, 24 years old, it's impossible not to look ahead to your biggest game of the year and a chance to win the SEC East. Um, so this one's slippery. Um, I, 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 I'll pick Tennessee to win, but I do think it's close. Yeah, I, the more I'm thinking about this, I think Tennessee is going to be fine in this game. I, I just think their offense I, – I just have no evidence. You know, they scored – they scored 52 against Alabama. They scored 40 against LSU. They scored 38 against Florida. They scored 34 against Pitt, which was their lowest amount of the game. I just, if you look at Kentucky's schedule, they don't want to play super high scoring games. I just don't like, even though I think they hold down Tennessee a little bit, I just, if this game gets into the thirties, I'm just not sure Kentucky can keep up. And so I, yeah. you know, I could see it being 38 to 20 or something. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a good game for a while. I don't think Kentucky will be like completely overmatched. I just Tennessee is rolling and they're scoring a lot of points. Mm -hmm. And I agree the look ahead game with Georgia, there's merit to that argument, but I think it helps that they're coming off this UT Martin game, which, you know, they weren't up for that game. So they've had two weeks since Alabama. You know, I, I think they will be reasonably motivated for Kentucky and not completely looking ahead. So I, I'm okay with where they're at in their schedule. I, I think they're going to win this one somewhat comfortably yeah um yeah i mean this is got to stay focused for this one to get to to next week um or it just doesn't matter but um yeah I'll, i like the vols to win here but i feel like levis gives kentucky something to to keep it close it's going to be a little stressful for tennessee fans before uh Oh, I think so. I mean, Levis is good enough, and Kentucky just generally is good enough that I don't see them totally rolling over. I just, at this point, it's hard to argue that Tennessee might just be that good. Yeah, I, I, I think they are. Um, we'll find out just how good next week when they play Georgia. Um, so, but, uh, all right, well, that's going to do it. The week nine edition of Daytime Fireworks. Um, thanks to David, as always. Pleasure. Thanks to the sponsors that make the show possible. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. We will have our Hit That Line show uh, later this week. We'll have our picks as we are inching. Uh, I mean, we are crawling across broken glass to get back to 500, but uh, we're, 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 we're doing our best. Um, so we'll have our picks for this week as well on that show. Um, and then more podcasts at omspirit.com as the week goes on. David, it's a pleasure. We'll, uh, we'll talk next week, hopefully after Ole Miss bounces back and gets to the bye week. Sounds good. Always, always plenty to talk about. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. We'll be back for week 10. Woo, feels weird saying that. The year has flown by. It, 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 it has gone by quickly. It went from like week three to week nine in about four days. <laughs> So we'll uh we'll have uh tons and tons and tons of football to talk about next week as another great slate of games in the SEC. So until next time for David, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Talk to you then. We out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.